Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to a new episode of Sixers Daily. I'm your host, Jazz Kang. An ugly one for Philly against Boston resulted in yet another loss. Before I jump into that, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your fix. Always appreciate a five-star review if you feel like giving us one. And of course, check us out at libertyballers.com where we have you covered for all things Sixers throughout the regular season. So, the optimism was there last week when Joel Embiid returned to the lineup. Matisse Thibel was back. Danny Green, they got Shake Milton. So the expectation was this team that was going eight and two over its first 10 had a shot to start gaining some momentum again. And that just hasn't happened. This was honestly a brutal performance all the way around, especially on the offensive end. Defensively, did a lot of good things, ended up holding the Celtics to just 41.8% shooting from the field. But when you shoot 37.5% yourself, eight of 31 from deep, not going to give yourself many opportunities to win this one. And I think. This game has been, and I think this game perfectly encapsulates the shortcomings of Doc Rivers as a head coach. And we gave him praise when he deserved it for keeping the guys engaged. And even though the Sixers didn't win a ton without Joel in the lineup for those three weeks, they were still competitive. And we talked about how Doc seems like he does his best job when his team is dealing with some adversity. And now they are again, because that goodwill from that eight and two start is gone. You know, this team since then is three and nine, uh, now lost a couple of games with a full deck. Might be some reasons for that, which I'll jump into eventually. But the last few possessions of this one, and, and again, this was a game that the, the Sixers had no business even being in against most other teams on any given night in the NBA. This was a 20-point loss. But again, losing by one single point, and they still had so many opportunities to win. And looking at that last couple of minutes, Jason Tatum, obviously the best player on Boston, Hit a shot to put the Celtics up by two with two minutes left and an ugly possession on the next one. The Sixers had the ball. The ball didn't go within six feet of the three-point line until there was like 10 seconds left on the shot clock. Ended up with an ugly Seth Curry turnover where he stepped on the baseline and he finally, because he had no real alternative other than to drive. And then you think, okay, maybe they'll come out, draw something up with the next one because Boston went up by four. And it was the exact same thing on the next possession. Seth Curry, dribble, 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 dribble. Finally fouled Joel in the post, who made up for that ugly possession by hitting a tough, tough shot over a double team from Horford and Smart. Again, that bought the Sixers back within two. And then the Sixers are down by five. And still, you're looking at this and and saying, wow, these guys could really still pull this off, get a win that feels good because you're like, anytime in the NBA you can get a win against a team that you really shouldn't have beaten just considering the way you played and get out of there with a dub, you take it at that point. And the Sixers are down five with about 50 seconds left. Danny Green finally got on the court. Uh, Matisse Seibel came out. He hit a massive three, basically dead on, quite far back from the three-point line. And then Philly got a stop. Dennis Schroeder on the on the other end. 
and they had a chance to win it with six seconds left. So you're anticipating, all right, they're going to make some moves here. Boston probably going to switch everything. Uh, so you're not dealing with anybody getting pinned down on a screen. Just switch, 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 and, and hope for the best. And they did that. And the, and the Sixers got the ball in. It was Tobias Harris. He has it just being pressured by everyone's favorite former Sixer, Al Horford, resulted in George Niang trying to take a three from the corner that really his feet didn't even get set on. It was rushed. And Rob Williams of the Celtics ended up getting a hand on it, blocked it. That ended things right there. But again, watching that last possession, Doc's got to get more creative. you got to have a couple of plays in, in your back pocket that they might not result in guaranteed buckets because there is no guarantee, especially in the NBA. But at least that you know off a sideline play that we're going to counter the switches. We're going to be able to get at least get an open look or just get the freaking ball to Joel Embiid right away and say, go to work. And, and you're our best offensive player and do what you can do to win us this game. And so watching that, those last two minutes was super frustrating. And again, I think it encapsulates the issues with Doc throughout. And, and there was some issues with the rotation as well. We didn't see Ferk get a ton of minutes in this one. He only played six minutes. Of course, he has been struggling from the field. So I understand that. Shake Milton was great off the bench. Had 16 points in 22 minutes, provided a spark for the Sixers, especially in the first half where they couldn't hit anything. And the Sixers were, were brutal, um, you know, shooting two of 16 from outside. And you saw what Milton was doing, ended up with 12 points in the first quarter and 14 in the first half. But he should have maybe gotten some run. And, and what, again, this is a mistake I think Doc made is Matisse Thibault, who is an all-world NBA defender, I, I think if he continues to play the way he has on the defensive end, he'll be in the running for at least an all NBA defense, whether that's first or second team, but he'll be there. And you're looking at the rotation, maybe getting somebody else. He took Tyrese Maxey off at the end of the game. At, at that point of six seconds left, get the ball to Maxey and say, hey, just try and get to the hole and win us this game because Tobias Harris hasn't shown that he could do that consistently and beat his guy off the dribble. Haven't seen that much from Seth Curry, who's more of a shooter. So you're not expecting those guys to do much in terms of getting into the paint and at least creating not maybe not an open shot for yourself, but for one of your teammates. And they ends up putting, leaving Matisse Thibel in this game where the Sixers were struggling to shoot and Thibel not exactly known for his offensive prowess, but the Celtics were just letting Thibel just stand in the corner. He shot one of five from three and were basically attacking or anticipating double teams on Joel Embiid. And again, once Doc is seeing that this is not working on the offensive end, we got to get somebody else out there, maybe give Shake some more run, maybe give Ferk some run and hope that he can turn things around and hit some shots. Because uh, again, the lack of adjustments in this one were very, very frustrating. And I don't know how much of a difference it would have made in terms of the Sixers scoring an extra 15, 20 points if, if Doc would have taken Thibault out. But in this one, you only needed another two or three buckets to win. And I think that's where the mistakes came in. And, and, and again, tough to win when Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid are combining to shoot 6 of 30 from the field. But you still had an opportunity to get a much-needed win on this one because the Sixers' schedule doesn't get much easier from now on. And I think going through all that adversity earlier in the season would have enabled them to kind of get things together now. And, and you're looking at that schedule. 12 of their next 14 games are against teams that are at least in play-in position, so you're not going to have many cupcakes like Orlando or Houston coming up in the in the in the coming weeks, you know, no games against the Detroit Pistons. You're looking at teams that are going to be in at least play in contention the rest of the time because the Sixers are heading to Atlanta. They got a back to back in Charlotte, come home for two very tough games against the Jazz and the Golden State Warriors, back on the road for one against Memphis, home then against Miami, and then back in Brooklyn on December the 16th. You know, you look at that schedule. 
that's a murderer's role. And the Sixers don't have much time off to practice. And so Jackson Frank, who, who does some of the post-game pods with me, he mentioned this, that getting Joel back in, it seems like it's it's thrown the team off a bit offensively, just given the fact that Maxi was really the focal point of the offense throughout the time that Joel was out. But now you're looking at this, like, are they going to have time to practice on this stuff? How, you know, how many days are they going to have in between? They're at Atlanta on Friday. Like I mentioned, they'll have Saturday, Sunday. So hopefully they can at least get a, a shoot around, a proper walk through against against Charlotte where it's they get an hour or two at the practice facility and kind of iron out some of these kinks because otherwise they're basically playing every second night and three games and four nights and a couple of different stints here over the next few weeks before we get into Christmas. So again, I think it's going to be important for the Sixers to get some extra time with each other on the court now that they got a full deck again compared to their opening day lineup. Of course, we know who's still missing, but looking at that, that's going to be imperative because you can't get Joel and beat the ball in the post throw, much of the game, your offense is struggling. And we saw that a lot with Joe where he was trying to post up. There were some early post-up opportunities that were missed by the perimeter guys where Embiid had his guy pinned behind him right in front of the hoop, basically. If that maybe a split second earlier, that pass was there, could have resulted in two or a pair of free throws for the big man. But again, they were just missing a ton of these things. So Philly, Doc Rivers really, so Doc Rivers really needs to work on getting these guys back on the court together and getting back on the same page because offensively this was a, a terrible performance and again a game that was still there for the taking despite the fact that the Sixers played so poorly that'll do it for this episode of Sixers Daily I'll be back with Harrison Grimm he does a lot of film work for us at Liberty Ballers with a new episode of the 30 on Thursday we'll do a deep dive on kind of on what's going wrong with the Sixers on the offensive end plus we'll get an update on what's going on with the Blue Coats as well. And on Friday, Sean will be back with the Talking About podcast to recap the game against the Hawks. That'll do it for this one. I'll catch up with you all next time. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.